0: Hey, what is up everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as charged podcast presented by the Chargers Podcast Network. As always, my name is Steven and I am the host and joining me tonight is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing
1: fantastic. Just came off a great Mother's Day weekend. My mom had a very good time. Hello, mom. I know you're watching. I
0: love you. Um, She had a great weekend. So everybody had a great weekend. Steven, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Mother's Day was a, a success up here. You know, it was a hot weekend, but a good weekend up here in the Central Valley. So not ready for the heat, but you know, it is what it is. So uh, really excited about today's show that we have for you guys. Uh, We're going to dive further into the 2023 schedule. And part of that is going to be an interview with Andrew at Cordova, who is the kind of mastermind behind the anime schedule release, if you will. Um, We're also going to dive into some individual player matchups that we are really excited about on the Chargers schedule. um, And and we'll see how that one goes. But uh, first things first, of course as always we are independent contractors for the chargers we are fans at the end of the day and uh our opinions shared on this show will not always reflect the opinions of the actual chargers organization um you know we are fans just like you guys we just happen to be here talking about the team on the chargers channel so i uh, really excited about this episode today and that being said let's welcome on andrew uh what's up man how are you doing tonight
2: good thank you so much for having me man
0: yeah we're really excited about this obviously uh you know, we had to work out the schedule you know we had a, a little bit of a flight thing to work out here but we're stoked about this this was a, a request that um you know tyler had made and and this was you know tyler's idea to be able to have this conversation with you to dive into um the, the schedule release which is a huge hit i mean i was all over the web you know anime sites football sites everybody seems to really love it so um in my opinion it's a rare sequel that topped the original <laughs> so congratulations there i'm a big fan of, of your guys's work so what is the yeah. yeah uh what has the the past few days been like for you as you've been able to kind of settle in here and uh
2: react to the feedback over the last few days good well first of all let me just say thank you for accommodating me for for recording so late um i appreciate it um the reason being is uh after or about like two weeks before i was going to finish this episode, I was like, hey, I should probably like take some time off once we're done here. And so uh, I just decided to take this weekend to go see my twin brother in Oakland. And so Mm. uh, it's been generally pretty restful the past three days and uh, very relaxing. And so uh, good time to be able to just charge my batteries after doing that gauntlet of a a production. So uh, it's been uh, fun, but tiring. Good. Good
1: to hear. And we'll get into it. So when did you guys know you were going to do this again after last year's success? Was it pretty early on? Like, yeah, we got to do this or did just you get enough material after a while where you thought, OK, we really do have to do this at some point.
2: Yeah, for sure. Selfishly, it, like all last year, I was like, OK, if, if we do a sequel, like what are the things that we're going to have to do? What are some things that we learned from last time that we'll want to take into this time? Um, that process was always kind of running in the back of my head. Um, but to answer your question, uh, about like, I want to say a month and a half ago, we were pretty certain that we, or we committed to doing it again. Uh, before that we spent a couple of weeks really just trying to, you know, turn over every rock and see if there was any other ideas we think, uh, were worth pursuing. Um, and that's always, that's just like the process that we always have in this Mm. department. And it really doesn't matter, you know, what, uh, what project it specifically is, I think we're always very open. And we like to have everybody give input before we, you know, devote a lot of resources to something. And so, uh, yeah, so I'd say about a month and a half was when we decided that we were going to do it again. Thankfully, I had already like mentally prepared for what kind of things we would want to do the second time around.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you were kind of just uh, chomping at the bit with a bunch of ideas. So you know, I, I want to kind of dive into the process here because uh, mm-hmm. the social team obviously tweeted that screenshot of like the whole, the whole board with all of the sticky notes, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what kind of processes is, is there in terms of like whittling it down? Like, did you guys have like a top five and then narrow it down to like a top three or was this like, Hey, we have like two really good ideas, but let's, let's lean all into the anime.
2: I think what it was is like, we definitely did like start very wide first, like a, mm-hmm. like a wide cone first um, and then kind of narrowed ideas down. Uh, but really like we did that as a means to just kind of get ideas going, to get the, the, the brain kind of turning. And then if there were some ideas that we felt were, were, that there was more to them, you know, we'd let whoever came up with that idea kind of give more spiel or give more, uh, projection of like what that idea could look like. Um, <laughs> I already, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, I, I kind of had an unhead a head start, you know, thinking all throughout the year of, like exactly what we would be doing, or at least sure. having a rough idea of what we would be doing. Um, so, you know, it just so happened through our process that anime part two was what we ended up deciding to go with. But it, it we will meet, you know, once or twice a week uh, just during the off season before the draft. Um, it was a periodical thing that David Bredo, uh, senior, or one of our senior producers, um, kind of oversaw and helped facilitate. So, uh, yeah, it, does that answer your question? No, yeah, I definitely did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've
0: heard from people at, like, Pixar. Like, they've done interviews, right? And it's like, you know, a lot of people have wondered, like, oh, like, what was the deal with, like, Incredibles 1 and 2? Like, the gap being so big. And one of the producers there was saying that it takes them, like, so long to do these shots. So I'm just curious. Like, you look at that screenshot of, like, Times Square. Or, like, you can look at the screenshot of, of one of any of these stills, right? Like, how long does it take you to get one of those shots like complete?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. It depends on like the scope of like what the prompt is, right, which the prompt would start with uh, the writer's room and whoever, and as we all collectively decide like, okay, this is the joke that we're going with. This is the scene we're going with. That's kind of the starting point. So it really depends on how vast that prompt is. But for the most part, it's about like a day to, to a day and a half to two days. Some of the bad ones were like three days to be able to like (laughs) render all of those things out. It takes time, like illustrating, animating, blocking, like Mm -hmm. all the things that go into like animation projects that you're probably familiar with takes a substantial amount of time and effort. Um, I kind of said this last year. I mean, it would not be possible if we weren't already referencing and or working off of something that already exists. Right. So like that's why we're like we're trying to give ode to a lot of anime scenes or anime uh, environments, pieces of work that already work, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we're using a lot of the, the, the groundwork that you would otherwise be doing originally at, like, a Pixar or a Disney, mm-hmm. uh, and you're just kind of copying off of that. So, like, it's uh, in a means you kind of have to do that because you only have, like, a month to be able to get the project right. done. Um, but also, at the same time, Uh, it's the most time efficient for us. And even then it's a, it's a crunch.
1: Whose idea was it to put the QR code on the
2: Raiders ticket?
0: (laughs) Man, that was the most popular thing, by the way. I don't remember, it
2: was, it was such like when, when I don't remember exactly who came up with that idea. It was certainly wasn't me, uh, in the writer's room, but, uh, we were just like trying to think about like, okay, like we know the Raiders are one that we have to do a good joke on, um. (laughs) You know, just given the rivalry that we have with mm-hmm. the team. And so, uh, but I think it was with, we we had already had the idea, as I'm recalling it. We already had the idea for the voucher. Because mm-hmm. uh, we knew we were going to play off what we did in the first game. But we were like, maybe there's something more like there's a deeper meta. Like it's already meta as it is. maybe there's like even a more meta way to go about it. Sure. Uh, and I remember somebody said like, yeah, maybe the barcode or like, maybe like whatever that unique identifier on the voucher can actually lead you to somewhere else where there's a deeper level joke. And we're like, can we do that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't build that. And we are like, yeah, "Yeah, we have a website. Like we'll figure it out. And, uh, thankfully we did. And it it was probably one of the best jokes, if not the best joke that we made. Um, one I'm ve- I'm very happy with like it's it's an awesome extra level joke for mm-hmm. those who uh, it's rewarding to the people that really do try to like read into what uh, the schedule release is you know and so uh, I'm glad we were able to execute that it worked off really well shout out to the website team for pulling that one off it was great
1: yeah I ended up finding that one on accident because I was just trying to take a picture of that still but I wasn't trying to find a QR code so it just happened to take me there is there <laughs> anything that fans haven't found yet i think they've got everything i'd imagine everything's been found but is there For anything the most that part,
2: was they found pretty much everything there are some things that some people have found that have called attention to that most other people are not aware of mm. um like there's one in the dallas one that people haven't really and again they're like so meta of anime jokes that
1: Oh, okay, unless
2: you're not unless you're like not in the community, like you'll be it'll go right over your head. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's like the best part about like making some of the like Easter eggs is just seeing like, okay, which community is going to respond to this compared to the other community. And it's just it speaks to just how like crazy social media is and the reach that it has and the amount of different people uh, that you can reach through uh, creating content on the kind of platforms that we have now. And so it's super cool. Yeah, I'll
1: have to go back through it and see if any of these uh, references hit me like a bus. Hopefully <laughs> <Also laughs> nice not as hard as,
0: as Dak Prescott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was super cool because I'm not super into anime. Uh, you know, I, I like I have a basic understanding of of some of the references, especially when, you know, like when Joey was like talking about the Attack on Titan thing after the after the Bills game celebration. But I had like people who don't watch football like text me and say like, "Man, this was so cool of the Chargers to do this," and like. You know, my brother's a big anime fan, and, and he was messaging me about all the different things. Um, your interest in, in anime, has this been a lifelong thing for you? When did you kind of figure out that, hey, I can maybe turn my love of anime into, like, a,
2: a pet project of mine, essentially, for the Chargers? To be honest with you, uh, it hasn't been something that I've followed on, like, my entire life. It's something that much, like, probably a lot of people in my generation growing up watching like Cartoon Network, like if you remember the Toonami block, uh, it was like a dedicated hour uh, for syndicated uh, Japanese programming uh, to be sent to like an American audience, basically. Uh, this is where a lot of people like learned of Dragon Ball Z, of Naruto, like kind of the big four that everyone hears about, right? So that was kind of like the main touch point, or at least the most way I interacted as a child. Um, I also have a grandmother that is Japanese. Uh, And so like occasionally whenever I'd go to her house, you know, some anime would, you know, occasionally be playing as well. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that uh, uh, anime has been kind of like influenced, I guess, uh, my art or like the things that I've uh, consumed. But uh, really like the idea kind of spawned when I was at my old job at NFL Films and uh, shout out to a former player who actually works there now his name is Daryl Campbell. He's also a huge anime fan, bigger anime <laughs> fan than I am. And uh, at the time, you know, like right around like pandemic era, like, uh, you know, everyone was going back inside and like we had nothing to do. And uh, there was some, some good anime that I had heard about from just like being online and, or like through memes and stuff. And I was like, hey, you know, maybe I should go back and like start watching some anime again, just like how I did back when I was a kid. And uh, that's how I kind of jumped back into it. And through the conversations that I had with uh, this uh, my former coworker, uh, we would just be gushing about like, yo, this scene is so cool. And we'd be like, man, there's so many similarities between like a usual mm. anime and like the things that football players go through, like the tournament arcs, the training arcs, the, you know, the overcoming adversary, their very long backstories. There's just so many different things about, uh, that are just jam packed in anime that just kind of oddly parallel. Uh, things that you would see from sports or just football especially. And so uh, it was from then I was like, man, these things parallel so well together that there's got to be a way to be able to combine both those things. I don't know how that's going to happen, but (laughs) we should probably do it. And if it does, it'll probably work.
1: Do you remember the first one that you kind of dreamed up? You were like, oh, my gosh, Chargers this and anime that or something like, do you remember the first still that played in your brain? Because it seems like you're planning this for a very long time and your references are always churning through your brain. Do you remember like the first one when you either thought of this idea, when you shared this idea that you guys mocked up?
2: Yeah, there was like, um, from last year, I, 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 and if you ever asked like David Bredo about like the process of how this came to be, um, I remember last year he came to the documentary crew, uh, mm-hmm. at the time it was Brian Thomas and I, and you know, we were like knee deep in all in at the time. And he was like, uh, he came to us. He was like, "Hey, we haven't found an idea just yet for schedule release, and you know, we just kind of want to ask everybody before we, you know, go and move on 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 a, a separate ideas. If you have any ideas, like, let us know." And I was like, "Hmm, maybe it would be cool to just like mock up like a player running, like a, a Chargers player running, like you would see in like an anime opening. You know, there's countless of the shots to like pull from that are similar to like that." And I was like, "I just spent like a weekend, like two or three days, just mocking something up." then on Monday I sent it to him over Slack and I was like, Hey, this is like kind of an idea I was having. I think I have like a prompt or, or a concept based off all these other things that I've identified throughout the years. You know, let me know if you think this might be a good idea. And it took off from there. Well, that's incredible, man. Yeah. Shout out Uh, David for being open-minded.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like we, we were talking on our show, like, The amount of creativity and homework that you guys do on a a day-to-day basis like really shines through in that and i mean if you would have told me five years ago that like you know the chargers were gonna break you know ground right and do an anime schedule release like i think i probably would have been very skeptical of it being such a success and for you guys to do it in back-to-back years i think speaks to like you, like you're just saying, you know, the, the openness uh, and creativity that this production team has, has been able to put out over the last few, few years.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think like, as long as you give somebody uh space and the support they need to kind of incorporate their passions into their art, you use that usually um, results in something that is decent, that is good. Um, <laughs> and I think I have felt very supported uh, throughout this entire process. And uh, hopefully, you know, it, it creates that culture where, you know, everyone mm-hmm. is open and free to be whoever they want to be. Uh, and it just makes that much. And I think that's why it resonates with with mm-hmm. audiences, because, like, if you can tell it's coming from a genuine place, even if the even if, like, technically the art maybe it could be better. Uh, you know, it'll still, it's still, it'll still land with your audience. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, it's, it's a good thing to know that two years, uh, going on that it's done that.
1: In terms of that openness and the support, I do want to ask because mm-hmm. you guys got everyone and you went after everyone as much as you could, <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> was there a line that had to be drawn and you don't have to say what or who, but like, was there stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor where it's like, no, you actually can't say that <laughs> we're totally screwed.
2: One hundred percent. I think especially when it comes to like anything comedic, right? You have to like be somewhat conscious of like the things that you're saying and the things that you're joking about. So like certainly there might, there might've been times where we'll like topic. Should we talk about this? Should we not? Should we even, even start framing that in like a comedic way, right? Mm-hmm. And because you're with a group of people and it's a safe place, like, you know, you can do that and explore that. Um, that is pretty universal amongst all comedy writing. Uh, So that was more or less like the process with that, There's definitely things that you want to be respectful of, and that you want to be uh, mindful of, but also at the same time, we're just trying to also have fun. I mean, and we also make fun of ourselves too. So you know, it's not (laughs) something that should be taken too seriously.
0: Yeah, you know, the the making fun of yourselves too, I I like kind of glanced over the first few seconds, right? Because I was just like, so excited about this. And then uh, our friend Ken Jack, who works for Barcelona Sports, pointed out and his he did like an Easter egg breakdown. And, uh, you know, he reminded me about the receipts video leading up to the Jaguars playoff game. And that that's the first thing that you see is is the twenty seven zero receipt. So I think that kind of lays the table like, hey, like we're not above reproach here either.
2: Yeah, it's the Internet. It's
0: Twitter. <laughs> I am curious though, uh, who's, who's maybe the drive, who's like the, the funny guy or funny girl in, in this setting that maybe kind of would kind of help push you guys a little bit more towards the, the jokes in this video.
2: That's like hard to like say, cause like, honestly, there's so many hilarious people that I work with day in and day out, uh, that like constantly make me like fold over like a chair laughing, like, uh, <laughs> uh. Brian Robb, who, and I'm singling out Brian Robb first because he works within the bullpen that we do. You've seen, he, just, he did the Austin Eckler Pro Bowl. Uh, video, okay. Like the, the political ad. Uh, he did the draft video that you uh, recently saw, like every draft video ever. Like he's yes. just like naturally a hilarious mm-hmm. dude. Uh, so some of the jokes he'll throw out there are, are so funny. Uh, Megan Julian, David Bredo, uh, you know, the whole entire team. Like they. Uh, Lauren Walk- Walker uh, suggested that we do Teen Titans for the Titans. Mm-hmm. And we were like struggling with fear, like, oh, what are we going to do for the Titans? And she was like, why don't we do Teen Titans? I was like, that's brilliant. This is a genius <laughs> idea. Uh, you know, it's just like, it's so great to be in like a collaborative environment with, with everybody. Uh, and definitely, there are definitely some people who, are, you know, their 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 sect of comedy is is peculiar, but it's good nonetheless.
1: Yeah, it's incredible stuff. And I can't wait to see what you guys do next. Is there going to be a three Pete? Are we going to get the return of the king of anime scheduled releases?
2: <laughs> you know never say never, but like you know I think we'll 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 worry about that when it when we get there. There's like so many i mean as you know, there's just so many things that are going on mm-hmm. around the calendar year for fo- football, and you know we're a team that is small but works hard, and so we've got plenty of things that you know to worry about in front of us uh before we start worrying about what uh what we're gonna do for year three, I'll maybe consider it, but you know, we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> Andrew's just like I gotta get, I gotta reset first here. But... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I definitely got to get some breaths in before uh, I start thinking about. But you know, it's not—it's a fair question because like, how many times do we know about like guys who cover the draft and like do evaluation of players who are like, after they finish a whole draft class, they're like, all right, it's on to the next next draft mm-hmm. class. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a fair question. You know, uh, DJ and all these guys are already starting watching
0: tape on uh, 2024 yeah. guys, which is I don't know crazy how they to do. me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, Ty,
0: did you have any other questions for Andrew before we uh, head out?
2: Nope, that's it, man. I appreciate having you on. You know, I appreciate you guys having me on so much. It's a fan of the show. watch you guys all the time. I listened to some of y'all's podcasts as I was drawing, so uh, thank you for keeping wow. me company through that six weeks of work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. Sincerely appreciate that as well. You know, This has been a, a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys listening enjoyed the uh, great insight into the process of the Chargers anime schedule release. Uh, I'm going to have to go back now and and look at some of these other references that I might have missed that Andrew was teasing. So uh, Andrew, looking forward to the rest of your work throughout the season, and we'll talk soon, I'm sure. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview, man. I can't thank Andrew enough for hopping on and joining us. Uh, Tyler, any any final takeaways from uh, that discussion with Andrew?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and find the things on like the Cowboys slide or those couple of shots that they had that apparently a lot, a lot of people have seen so far. So I'll have to go back through, check that out. And then um, I'm, I'm predicting a three-peat here. I think they're going to run it back one more <laughs> year and then be done. Get your trilogy out of the way, and yeah. then you're done.
0: Yeah, you know, the trilogies are all the rage, obviously. So uh, <laughs> I think the people want another trilogy, man. You know, the, this is uh, something that people want. So excited to see how that one goes. I like I like I told Andrew I'm not super into anime I don't really watch a ton you know he talked about Cartoon Network like that's like my experience of anime so there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm I just don't know what it's like referencing so uh, curious there all right so uh, like I said earlier we are going to dive into some individual player matchups tonight that we're excited about on the Charger schedule um, Chris Harry and Matt Money Smith talked a lot about quarterbacks obviously on chargers weekly. So we're not, we're, we're limiting this to non quarterbacks. Um, we're going to take this into, uh, some trench matchups, some corner receiver matchups, some running back linebacker matchups, all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm curious to see where Tyler ends up here, but, uh, really excited about this. I know people who know me know I'm probably going to spend most of my time talking about trenches tonight, so we'll see how it goes. But, uh, Tyler, what's the number one player matchup you are, most excited about on the Chargers' schedule? Ooh, the number one player matchup.
1: If I'm going individual, now it's not this simple, right? There's, it's not like one guy's always on one guy. It's not that simple, right. but I'm looking at Tyreek Hill versus Michael Davis in week one. If you mm-hmm. want to extrapolate that and say Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell versus Michael Davis and Asante Siamo Jr., fine. But overall, that's what I'm looking at because we need to see this defense repeat what they did last year against the Dolphins staley had a great scheme everyone was playing fantastic this is really the game where i think a lot of fans noticed alohi gilman right off the bat breaking up that pass so yeah. i really need to see these two corners i'm assuming here that jc jackson is not healthy yes i'm just assuming um, but we need to see these two corners go out and have a great game and in particular michael davis versus tyree kill michael davis was fantastic last year particularly against the dolphins and It just took the random gopher down the sideline that tripped him for Tyreek Hill to get his big touchdown. Otherwise, Michael Davis locked it down that whole game, and it it was a really, really big game for him. He needs to have an excellent game. If this is going to work, the last time we saw the Chargers, when they had Michael Davis, it was great. And then they lost him, and then they lost. Michael Davis is a big part of this defense, and so that matchup, while it isn't always the same one guy versus the other guy, I think Michael Davis versus Tyreek Hill is a big one. And if you look at, in particular, if you just look at the scheme overall, and Michael Davis is a big part of this scheme, Tua Tungavailoa has struggled historically, granted it's only five games, against uh, the Staley Fangio tree. So if you look at his EPA per play against every other team that's not one of those Fangio tree disciples or just against Fangio himself, his EPA per play is 0. 0.127 in terms of EPA per dropback. Um, is That 0. 0.127 is actually 0.001 higher than Herbert versus everybody else at 0.126. That 0.127 drops all the way to 0.001 when Tua is facing Staley, Fangio kind of disciples. Granted, it's only five games, not a big sample size, but the point is Michael Davis is a big part of this scheme. This scheme has shown to work really, really well against someone like Tua Tonga Vailoa. And so Michael Davis versus Tyree Kill is probably the most fun matchup for me and arguably the most important. Of the year for making a scheme work against a quarterback who isn't good against this scheme.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, common misconceptions out there that happen on Twitter. Obviously, shocker, who knew that? Um, <laughs> but one of them is that you know that Justin Herbert struggles against the Vic Vangio tree, and more so than maybe others. And you know the numbers just don't back that up. Whereas Tua, and, and obviously some other quarterbacks. I mean, this, this Vic Vangio tree is all over the league at this point. Um, do struggle versus the the Vic Vangio tree. So um, we'll see how JC Jackson factors into that equation. Um, You know, it's it's all positive on the JC Jackson front, but Mm -hmm. um, Michael Davis was their best cornerback last year on the Chargers. And um, he was somebody who was top five in the league in forcing completion percentage rate in the back half of the season. And he was playing his best football of his career because just like you could tell the comfort zone that he was in in this kind of defense. And so... um, He also has a lot of positive history against Tyree Kill and and players of that kind of uh, speed profile. So um, I imagine Mike McDaniel and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell are going to be very motivated to prove that, you know, last year was maybe a bit of an aberration uh, against the Chargers. That it was just kind of a bad day at the office. But, you know, Tyree Kill versus Michael Davis, I think, is a a very juicy matchup for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I mentioned Trench play. This is definitely the first one to go. Um, so we're talking schedule release day two. A certain Raiders edge rusher had some issues with the Chargers taking a, a shot at him and the team via the uh, Pop-Tart comparison. Uh, that is one Mr. Max Crosby. So mm-hmm. uh, Max Crosby, after he saw the Pop-Tart video, tweeted out something saying, basically on the along the lines of like, uh, this is all I need. Like this is this is a lot of motivation for me. Whatever, and you know, Max Rosby has had some good moments against the Chargers for sure. Uh, he's averaging basically around eight pressures per game against the Chargers uh, in Week One last year. He had a, a ton of run stops, was fantastic in that regard. But the one thing he's never really done in the three matchups that have been possible is go up against Rashawn Slater. There have been basically three or four times per game where he'll go up against Rashawn Slater for a few snaps here and there. And then he'll just go back to the other side. So uh, call this a challenge, if we will, maybe for Max Crosby. Uh, instead of lining up against the right side, go up against the all-pro left tackle, man. Go up against Rashawn Slater. I would love to see that matchup happen more often. Um, you know, not to say that I'm not excited about the Trey Pipkin side of that thing, because I do think that Trey as well has taken some big steps and he did not play in the second game last year because mm-hmm. he was injured dealing with the MCL sprain. So Trey has really come into his own, uh, obviously at the tail end of last season, he'll be healthier, presumably this year. So I'm saying Max Crosby versus whatever charges offensive tackle. But, uh, I want some of that Rashawn Slater smoke. If I'm Max Crosby after that video. Wow, I can't wait for this to be
1: cropped out after he has 12 pressures. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't wait to see you on the Raiders podcast network because you been out. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're going to have faith in anybody, it's Rashawn Slater. But you know, we'll see where things end up. Um, I certainly wouldn't be calling out Max Crosby because I've seen him do quite a bit of damage against the Chargers. Sure. Um, unfortunately, but. Hey, you know, you have a lot of faith in Rashawn Slater. He's growing a beard now, which I think makes him an instant all-pro, I believe. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Really, any matchup on this schedule would be fun. I want to see Rashawn Slater out there, period, like as is. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about more trenches stuff, I think Chargers versus like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, or excuse me, defensive line would love to see that. So, yeah, Rashawn Slater versus anyone would be a fun matchup.
0: Yeah, Max Crosby is a fantastic player. Certainly, one of the top five pass rushers in the league. A uh, ton of respect for what he does as as a down to down player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to see him go up against Rashawn. Man, like I just I, I want some more of of best on best. And that's something I really respect from Micah Parsons. You mentioned the Cowboys. Micah Parsons is very deliberate in going up against elite left tackles. Like he was very deliberate against going against Trent Williams in the playoffs and stuff like that. So. Uh, That could have been maybe choice number one is is Parsons versus Mm -hmm. Slater, some draft class matchup. But I had to talk about Max Crosby because he uh, apparently took some issues with the the Pop-Tart reference. Lovely.
1: Yeah, Chargers offensive line versus Cowboys defensive line. I I was looking it up, and that Cowboys defensive front in terms of Parsons, Smith—excuse me, Smith just got drafted. Parsons, Lawrence, Williams, Odigazua, and Hankins— Thanks. Uh, that group generated 202 pressures and 28 sacks last season. And then they added Mozzie Smith in the first round, who you loved, I really yeah. liked. So not really like a, a pass rusher, but still adding to a stacked defensive line versus the Chargers offensive line in general. That's arguably their best unit overall. I would say that outside of just you know quarterback being Justin Herbert, that's probably their best unit in terms of the guys that they have and the floor and the ceiling. So that's going to be a huge matchup. Uh, my next individual one, though, again, it's it's not this simple, but it's going to be Eric Kendricks versus Derrick Henry. And you could really see nice. Eric Kendricks versus any other running back on the schedule. But this is the one we'll figure out pretty early on if the Chargers made the right decision by having Kendricks instead of Drew Tranquil and to some extent over someone like Kaiser White. They now have Eric Kendricks. They've had good linebacker play, but the Chargers really want to get great linebacker play. And throughout his career, Kendricks has had great linebacker play. Brandon Staley thinks that he is a great linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the league. That's why they signed him. That's why he's got a two-year deal. And that's why he is the starter on this defense right now. And we'll find out pretty early on if Kendricks is it. I'm not saying that this game decides everything for the rest of the season, but I want to know if this decision to go with Kendricks paid off. And specifically, are they making plays, or is Kendrick making plays closer to the line of scrimmage, even behind the line of scrimmage? Is he better against the run in the way that Drew Tranquil maybe was not as much? Not that Drew Tranquil was a bad player. In fact, I think he's a really good player who did a lot of great things for the Chargers. But the one thing they wanted to upgrade was that run defense, working downhill, getting plays closer to the line of scrimmage. And that's why you brought in Eric Kendrick. So early on, Eric Kendrick versus uh, Teen Titan Cyborg, Derek henry that's a matchup that i'm really looking forward to and that's early in the season
0: yeah you know uh the run defense was a, a topic of conversation today at the press conferences with uh, sebastian joseph day and uh derrick hansley and you know we'll see right away if the chargers are going to be able to fix that that solution so i was just looking uh right now if uh, there was any like Previous history to go off of with Kendricks versus Derrick Henry. There is. Uh, I see one game in 2020. Do you want me to not, tell you the numbers on that one? Uh, yeah. If you want to say that while I was sure uh, while I keep looking.
1: Yeah. So 2020, Derrick Henry had 26 carries for 119 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Um, nice. Eric Kendricks had six tackles and a pressure that game. So Derrick Henry definitely had his way. But again, it's. It's, it's really the whole defense, right? Saying Kendricks versus Henry right. is not accounting for so many things. And even the last time the Chargers played Henry, it was really about Sebastian Joseph Day, Braden Fajoco, and the defensive yeah. line. So again, it's not that simple, but that's really the first one we're going to see if this run defense is improved because of the play of their linebacker.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I just wanted to see if there was a, a ton of history there or not. And obviously, NFC North, AFC South, there's probably not a ton of you know crossover there, but You know uh everything that everybody is talking about with eric Hendricks is is obviously first and foremost like the run defense like how established he has been his leadership you know his ability as as that play caller on defense so um you know last year they did such a good job against derrick henry obviously like you mentioned because of the defensive line um which allowed guys like kenneth murray and drew tranquil to go and really focus in on that obviously derwin played a wait did derwin play in that game no he was out Like. Um, no, I can't remember. That was after the Colts game, I think. 2022 was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was it was such a long time ago. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think that's a spot-on one. I think Eric Kendricks versus a, a number of these running backs would be a good one there. Um, talking about the Vikings, my other one here is going to be uh, J.C. Jackson versus Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably one of the number one reasons why the chargers went out and got jc jackson and again we'll see about his health right but uh, they wanted to go out and get a guy who could truly shadow number one receivers and turns out they might have two of those guys now with michael davis so um this is going to be a big opportunity for jc jackson to prove that he's healthy that he's himself that he can go out and go up against guys like this and i know that there's some you know uh Revision is history when it comes to J.C. Jackson's play against D.K. Metcalf in particular. If you really watched that game before J.C. Jackson got hurt, he went after D.K. Metcalf and had some really good reps, had a, had a pass breakup, and was in position to get an interception before he ultimately got injured against Marquise uh, Goodwin. So J.C. Jackson against Justin Jefferson, he's one of the best, if not the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, obviously, the last time Justin Jefferson played against the Chargers, it about did it. not go very well. Michael Davis left injured in that game. Um, I believe there were some other injuries as well. Um, This was back in 2021, and Justin Jefferson had nine catches for 143 yards. Like, there just was no (laughs) stopping him that day. Um, But now the Chargers theoretically should be much more well-equipped to handle a player like Justin Jefferson. Maybe you don't even need to do the whole shadow thing because you have Michael Davis and J.C. Jackson. There's also the added layer here of the Vikings getting Jordan Addison in the draft they traded for TJ Hawkinson last year so in 2021 it was really just Jefferson and Thielen and it still like didn't really matter um so the way that the Chargers go about matching up with elite receivers I think is is super key to the season in general but this theoretically with this matchup with the Vikings theoretically should be right about when JC Jackson is really kind of rounding into form and so I think the schedule here with the Vikings might indicate an opportunity for J.C. Jackson to go out and shadow Justin Jefferson and, and get back to his former self.
1: Yeah, what a game to try to get back to your former self after a horrific injury. You, here's Justin Jefferson. Good <laughs> luck. Um, I'll have to root for J.C. Jackson while Justin Jefferson is on my fantasy team. Um, so a lot of conflict of interest there for sure. But you're definitely more uh, optimistic about J.C. Jackson's health than I don't want to say that I'm more
0: optimistic than I am, but going against Jefferson in week three, that is pretty optimistic. Well, I mean, he himself is saying that he wants to be 100% by the start of the season. I mm-hmm. still am... Like, my preference with JC, like I said on, on our show, is that maybe you give him the first few weeks, and then after the bye, he, he comes back. Um, but, you know, if he's 100% healthy by the start of the season, we'll, we'll be able to tell in week three. So I'm still kind of cautiously optimistic here with JC self. having been through that same injury myself? But um, this is this is, would be the first test. Like this would be the first indication of, of us being able to find out really where JC is at with his with his health and with his uh, confidence level as well. Yeah.
1: All right. I'll flip it to my last matchup, another wide receiver versus corner matchup. Again, not as simple as this, but I have to go. Quentin Johnston versus Lajarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie in some order. We don't really know exactly where Johnston's going to play, so I'm not going to assign him one corner just yet. If it's more in the slot, then it will be Snead. If it's more outside, maybe it's McDuffie, some combination, whatever, but the Chargers got Johnston, yes, to be better on offense, yes, to win the Super Bowl, all those things, but really, outside of winning the Super Bowl, the number one thing is to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, once would be good, twice would be best, uh, maybe three times in the playoffs, who knows? but they got to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and they need more offense and that's why they went and got him. They do not have someone or they did not have someone like Johnston last year when they played the Chiefs. No matter who was healthy, not healthy, whatever, there was nobody on the team like Quentin Johnston. And so he's going to have to be big. And I think, you know, getting acclimated to the NFL, working through things at the beginning of the season all good, but at some point, you know, midway through the season and then very late at the, end, the very last game of the season, Quentin Johnson's going to be out there, and maybe they're fighting for a postseason spot. Maybe they're fighting for the AFC West. Who knows? Maybe they're fighting for the number one seed. Let's say I'm not optimistic with the Chargers. Johnson needs to be that guy. Um, you know, when Mike Williams, like, in one play on Sunday Night Football or whatever it was, uh, Mike Williams, great play, got hurt, and they really didn't have a whole lot to go off of with Keenan kind of being, you know, halfway in, halfway out. Um, They need that other guy. They need Quentin Johnson. They need him to be an explosive guy, a stabilizing force in the room, you name it. Um, So that game in particular, not because I think that's the greatest corner versus receiver matchup on the schedule. It's not. But it's arguably one of the most important because they need to beat the Chiefs and they have not beaten the Chiefs. Therefore, Quentin Johnson needs to step up so they can beat the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good one. And I think that also will give us, you know, a good indication of where he is at. Cause that Chiefs secondary is really good as well. So, mm-hmm. um, how they go about attacking that chief secondary with Quentin Johnson is in general is going to be a very interesting storyline here. So, um, how they create those mismatches with Kellen Moore is going to be fascinating, um, last one here for me, I'm going to go with, uh, Keenan Allen versus Jair Alexander. Um, mm. again, a matchup that we don't necessarily see a ton of, I don't remember if Jair played in the last Packers chargers matchup. I want to say that might've been his rookie season at best. Um, you know, that being back at that um, back in 2019. Mm-hmm. So Jair Al- Alexander, one of the best corners in the NFL and really the, the cornerback group in general for the Packers is, is probably their best position group. Maybe offensive tackle if David Bakhtiari is, is able to get healthy. Maybe the, the edge rusher group if Rashawn Gary can get healthy. But cornerback wise, they're they're pretty stacked, man, with with uh Jair with Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas as well. So um Jair Alexander is their number one guy. He travels into the slot. He's he's mm-hmm. not somebody that's like exclusively an outside corner. Um so Jair versus Keenan Allen, I think, is gonna be a ton of fun to watch because that's that's the top dog and the top dog. We don't really see a ton of truly elite corners follow Keenan into the slot. Um, you know that doesn't. You know a lot of guys these days are are you know kind of more pin, pigeonholed into being an outside and a slot guy. But Jair will go into the slot against Keenan Allen, and obviously there's the Brandon Staley versus. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. He was the Chargers linebacker coach for like a day, and then the Packers swiped him. Joe Barry. Uh, Joe Barry. Joe Barry is their defensive coordinator. So there's some familiarity there in terms of, of scheme, obviously, from Joe Barry's days with the Rams. But um, Jair Alexander comes back from his injury. Last year, it plays at an all-pro level. Again, One, like I said, one of the better cornerbacks in the league. So just just a matchup with we don't really see a lot, and a just battle that we don't see a lot, like I mentioned with Keenan Allen playing so much in the slot, doesn't get a lot of elite cornerback attention anymore
1: yeah that'll be a fun one I think the Chargers receivers have a pretty good history against the Packers again not that that matters we're talking they don't play every year but you know right. Keenan Allen had that like 14 catch 150 something yard game against the Packers in 2015 Mike Williams had his first 100 yard game against the Packers uh, and I think it was Shane Steichen's first game as offensive coordinator if I'm not mistaken um, whole different topic for another time but, um, yeah, and I'm very excited this to watch that one. That's Pandora's box right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to talk about that one right now. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited about that one for sure. I actually didn't even consider that matchup, but that's a really good one because the, the Packers do have a good secondary.
0: Yeah, I um, I had another one that I wanted to talk about, but it's another Chargers-Chiefs one. Um, so I wasn't too sure if I wanted rapid to talk fire. about it. So, uh, <laughs> rapid fire, we'll talk about it. But uh, Jair Alexander did play in the 2019 uh, matchup mm. against the uh, Chargers. So, that day, let me see, he gave up four catches for 129 yards on five targets. I assume that was to Keenan out. So, maybe a little bit of a revenge game for Jai Alexander as well. Um, one of the ones that I'm definitely interested in, in general, is Joey Bosa going back up against the wall of Jawan Taylor. Because I think that... Was obviously mm. not a great experience I for Joey. About that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there was definitely some frustration from Jawan Taylor, maybe getting some false start advantages that that should not have been happening, some holding advantages, um, as well as obviously Joey and his injury. So I think Joey is always highly motivated against the Chiefs. He always plays well against the Chiefs, but I think this year with Jawan Taylor going back at right tackle for the Chiefs, I think there's going to be some extra juice in that matchup.
1: Ooh, I completely forgot about that one because when you, as soon as you mentioned it, I'm like, well, he's on the Jaguars, but no, that's right. He's on the Chiefs no, now. Yeah. That's an intriguing storyline. Shoot, I wish I thought of that one. Um, I was thinking like Khalil Mack versus Panay Sewell. That's just more for my enjoyment than anything else. But yeah, Joey Bosa versus Jawan Taylor and the kind of little extra stuff in there. That's fun.
0: Yeah, you look at these uh, right tackles that the Chargers are playing this year. There's a lot of good ones, including Panay, um, Jawan Taylor, obviously, so should be a a lot of fun this is a great schedule man like there's so many juicy individual matchups that we could have gotten to um any other ones that you wanted to shout out really quickly here uh zion johnson versus chris jones that worked out
1: well the first game maybe not as great the second game although i believe he was hurt zion johnson's making that switch and i want to see him in a new offense that suits him in between two all pros in his second year at his quote unquote natural spot playing against one of the best defense tackles in the league
0: Yeah, Chris Jones, I think, kind of became that, well, what happens if Aaron Jones misses time guy? You know, everybody kind of looked at him as as kind of the best interior guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Zion versus Quinnen Williams, I think, is an interesting one, too. Um, Because, like like you mentioned, same kind of conversation. Quinnen Williams, one of the better guys in the league. Zion should be more comfortable on on the left side as well as coming into year two. So um, he played really well in moments against these top guys. Definitely had some struggles. I remember Jeffrey Simmons got him on a rep one time. Uh, Chris Jones as well, like you mentioned. But, um, you know, there's enough good signs there to make me excited about those matchups with the interior players this year. Mm -hmm. So no pressure or anything, guys. Just, you know, Justin Jefferson, Quentin Williams, Max Crosby highlighted on the show today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you'll be
0: fine. You got this. Yeah, you'll be fine. You're good. At the end of the day, we'll talk about it. You guys have to go out and do it. So, you know, it is what it is. All right. uh, Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out?
1: Nah, I'm good, man. Andrew, thank you so much for jumping on, man. It was great to see that schedule released and get great to hear that behind-the-scenes discussion about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cannot thank Andrew uh, enough for joining us tonight. Thanks to Brian for producing. Thanks to Tyler for joining me tonight. As always, make sure and subscribe to the channel. Comment, let us know what you think. And uh, make sure you check us out on our own channel, Guilty as Charged podcast as well. That's going to do it for us today. We will see you guys next week.